Welcome, friends. Welcome to uh, Meta Athletes, the playbook. This is a podcast curated by uh, the founders and coaches of Meta Athletes NFT community. And we're really here to bring insights, um, actionable insights from each coach of our community, as well as bring in some, some meaningful conversations and perspective to help our community win in life. That is our overall mission at Meta Athletes. Um, and, and we're really excited to be joined here by Coach B. Carl and Fanzo, who wasn't on the first podcast, and so we'll actually have him do a quick intro into uh, what he has going on with Meta Athletes, as well as what he has going on in the NFT and Web3 space. And then um, what we'll end up doing for each episode is have our coaches come in and provide a, a segment, an opportunity for them to share. Um, it might be a new member benefit and utility. Um, it might be a story and actual insight coming from their skill set or, or their world of expertise. And then at the end of each episode, we'll kind of cover a, a, a discussion, a roundtable discussion based on uh, it might be something tied to a certain theme this week when it comes to our community and our utility. Uh, it might be hap you know, something happening in the NFT space. Um, really just an opportunity for us to, to share perspective and for us to uh, allow our community to come in and gain some, you know, gain some real utility from what I consider mentors. Um, you know, every coach here, um, Darnell McDonald, who will be joining us on the next episode, I consider all the coaches here to be mentors for the community and mentors for myself. And uh, I'm just really excited to have them come on and share. And so, uh, Fanzo, we didn't have you on the first episode, but uh, we were definitely chatting about how a five to 10 minute segment might not be enough uh, for you to cover a topic or even get through your first couple bullet points. But um, but we're really excited to have you join us today to, to introduce yourself to the community and, and the podcast. Uh, this is our, you know, we've been doing a daily podcast since November 11th of last year, but this is actually our first podcast episode together. And so uh, that's super exciting. And uh, it's really surprising to me, actually, that we haven't done one previous, but uh, we've been so busy. We've had some great guests on the NFT365 podcast, so um, I'm sure it's coming soon for us to come together, and maybe that's in uh, season two of, of NFT365, but uh, welcome to the show, and, and if you don't mind, just maybe give a quick introduction to what you have going on these, these last few months, um, backing up to November 11th, as well as how you might be able to help our community with uh, a certain utility and how the education play ties into uh, everything we're doing at Meta Athletes. Uh, yeah, excited, excited to be here. Uh, thanks for having me. And uh, it is kind of fun, Drew, you having to do the intro and me having to get to sit back. Uh, I will say I like this chair. Uh, and I, you know, you don't get to wait till season two. Uh, you got episode 365. It will be uh, me and you there, my friend. We'll, we'll end season one out uh, kind of like the way we uh, started with that podcast. Uh, excited to be a part of this. Sorry I missed uh, week one. I, I was recording a podcast, so that's funny how that goes. Uh, I'm a digital futurist. Uh, proud girl dad of, of three little girls, uh, podcaster, professional speaker, uh, diehard Pittsburgh sports fan, all, all Pittsburgh all day. Uh, and, you know, for me, you know, I've, I've been hosting, you know, uh, you know as Drew said, a, a daily podcast. Uh, you know, we're recording this. Today was day 270 in a row. Um, I partially blame Drew for agreeing that that was a good idea when I uh, suggested it. I was waiting for him to say no. And when he said yes, I was like, oh, well, how, what do we get ourselves into? Uh, and we talk everything NFTs, Web3, uh, and it's been a wild ride, it, uh, as anyone can imagine. Uh, and, you know, and we're buying an NFT every day. And I like to say, for me, I'm, a, I'm an early adopter. I'm a, a big fan of uh, 
testing things out, pushing the limits of what's possible, and then going back to report to, you know, brands, businesses, clients, and be like, okay, this is what's possible. Now you go work your magic, and I'll go ne- on to the kind of next uh, shiny object in that space. And so for me, like, not only being able to bring education and, you know, kind of uh, tap into some of the things that are going on in Web3, but I, I love to kind of keep my, you know, my finger on the pulse uh, in all aspects, in all things. I, I'm proudly multi-hyphenated, uh, which is a great way of just saying that I, I don't like to focus on one thing. I like to focus on a whole lot of things. Uh, and so that kind of plays in nicely because I get to, you know, play a little bit in the, you know, self-improvement, a little bit in the motivational side. You know, I have a, a keynote that I've been giving for many years called Press the Damn Button. Uh, and it's about as innovative as copying the just do it uh, uh, mantra of, of Nike. But it works, especially when I'm, you know, working with big brands on, you know, telling their stories, putting themselves out. And, you know, I was diagnosed ADHD uh, a little over 10 years ago, and I'm so I'm very loud advocate for uh, neurodiversity, uh, mental health awareness, you know, that side of the house. And, and for me, you know, being diagnosed now for 10 years, uh, you know, ADHD and dyslexia, my, my daughter being diagnosed the same, uh, I get to kind of, you know, go through life. Uh, for me, it's not about being broken. It's just about being different and trying to set life up around me so that it, it operates because my brain just works differently than most. So uh, excited to be a part of this you know, community, part of this group. And for me, you know, since day one, uh, long before the Mint, uh, when I, you know, Drew and Kevin first kind of had the conversation with me about the project, I'm not sure if they even finished the pitch. And I said, yes, I'm in. Let's, let, let's make it happen. Uh, for me, I love surrounding myself with you know, high performers, athletes. Uh, I'm, you know, sports are, without question, you know, like my number one love. Uh, as far as, you know, the things that inspire me, the things that motivate me, the things that distract me. Uh, now I'm like a huge uh, women's soccer fan. So I, I watch a lot of uh, women's soccer league uh, up here with my, my three daughters. And so, uh, you know, joining the, the, the project, helping athletes uh, and surrounding yourself with athletes and also, you know, just getting people, you know, to, uh, you know, what I like to say, you know, figure out what your superpower is and uh, lean in on that. And so that's where, you know, hopefully I'll be able to add that insight. Excited to be a part of this, you know, great team. I, I look up to uh, many of them as well, including Drew, because he's taller than me um, by, by a lot. So uh, it works out in all those well, uh, in all those ways. And yeah, excited for all future episodes. So uh, let's do this. That's that's awesome, Fanzo. And, and to be honest, um, the podcast, like I just keep on, I think you're, you're remembering a little bit differently than what actually happened. But um, no, but the podcast, it's it's crazy because it was just like a, you know, it kind of came to us both walking around New York thinking like, you know, there's not a lot of podcast content. There's not a lot of content in general. Um, you and I, you know, we met in the summer last year. Well, we met in 2018, but really came together last year. And we're talking about how, you know, it's kind of tough to find content to educate yourself and, and kind of prepare yourself to enter this space without, you know, truly just going all in and investing. Not everybody has that opportunity. And so um, this just seemed like a perfect opportunity for us to kind of meet where the demand was in terms of, you know, the the crave for NFT content, what it even means and, and how we can get started. And um, it's been an amazing journey. And, you know, even just today when we were texting about uh, that one athlete that just reached out, reached out to you, having Juju Smith-Schuster on the podcast is like, a, that's like an all-time, you know, especially for you being a Steelers fan. But um, I'm, I looked at Juju for like years ago and just remember like, this is such an innovative athlete. He's not afraid to put himself out there, be, be truly authentic. And um, when he, when we found out that uh, we had an opportunity to interview him, that was a, definitely a special moment for us. But uh, yeah, Fanzo, it's been great, and and uh, I'm really excited to to get through the last 100 days here and uh, and dive into season two after we we get this mosaic collection out to somebody. But um, 
Fanzo, did you have a uh, – what's your big insight for today? We'll kind of kick you right into your segment, and uh, I'll let you take it from here on, on what you want to bring. And um, just so everybody knows, it, it could be anything. It could be a new utility added to our membership. It could be uh, Fanzo coming in and explaining something big that happened in the NFT space and kind of breaking it down for us. So, uh, Fanzo, I'll kind of kick it over to you. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, yeah, I definitely remember that differently, uh, Drew, on purpose because it, it allows me to kind of shift that blame a little bit. Uh, I also love – uh, you know, for me, part of the this whole journey uh, has been, at, you know, I'm 41 years old. You know, I had convinced myself for 41 years that I wasn't great at being consistent. Um, literally, it was just something that I was like, I've got ADHD. Well, that was my excuse the last 10 years. First 31 years was like, oh, no, I struggle with consistency. And like, I, and I say consistency from like brushing my teeth every day like uh, that's was something that I like for me when other people would do something consistently I would be I would be in such awe and in a way like I just at the you know for much of my life I believed that it wasn't something that was in my wheelhouse that I wasn't built to do that it was um and even whenever you know we launched the daily podcast you know it I I jokingly said and 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 I said it to some other people not to Drew because I wanted Drew to believe that I was all in on this daily thing but I was like if I get to Christmas and and I'm still doing this every day like holy I mean that is a from November 11th to Christmas to me just seemed you know and I and I've hosted seven podcasts previously right and they were weekly and I was so inconsistent with it I couldn't guarantee what time of the day on that day, I would just say, hey, it's going to come out on Tuesday, every Tuesday, but it'll come out in the morning or the evening. That was just like my own um, thing. And so, I, you know, I wanted to share, like for me, you know, there's, it's kind of twofold, right? It's being willing and open to realize that even at 41, I can, I can learn something different. I can reprogram things differently, but I can also continue to push myself, right? It could have been easily for me at 41 to say, Drew, like, this is, this is ridiculous. What, why are we going to do this every single day? I, I mean, it, I, it's just instant failure. But what I, what I looked at it was, well, whatever we accomplish, however many days we go in a row, that's a start for us, right? At least we're getting started. And that's where, you know, for me, like, press the damn button came into it was, like, you don't know what works until you try it. You don't know what is too much or too little until you're willing, you know, kind of push those envelopes. And I think that was partially my, you know, my... Uh, limitation of, and it wasn't that, you know, I'm one of those people that, you know, I'm all in on everything I do, but I'm also very willing to fail. And I, and I will just say, like, I think from, from an insight for me and just kind of the way I look at a lot of things, like right now, Web3 especially, a lot of this is unknown, right? Like, what is the utility? How are we building this? Where, where is it going? And the problem is in our, in our day-to-day lives, especially let's just say pre-global pandemic, you know, a lot of things were like, well, let's just wait till they calm down or let's just wait till we have it figured out or let's just wait until it's the perfect timing. And I think we can all, you know, agree that, you know, perfect timing is just not a thing, right? You're going to wait around for perfect timing. You might as well retire with the idea of regretting that you're not doing that thing. And I think for me, you know, even at 41 was like, man, I'm so glad we got it started because I, I, I will say this, like we came up with the idea and with less than a week, right, six days after we came up with the idea was episode one, just because like, I'm a numbers guy. I was like, oh, 11-11? Heck yeah, let's do it. But I, I 1,000% believe that if, I, if we said, let's just start on December 1st, we don't do it. And it's not because, like, oh, my goodness, like, you need to do something in six days. But knowing our kind of, like, workflow, we would have got distracted on something else, got on other phone calls. Guess what would have happened? Our emails would have packed up. We would have had all these other things. And we would have said, you know what? That was a great idea. We'll have to start it after the holidays, right? And it would have gone after the holidays. Holidays would have kicked off. We would have been like, 
full steam ahead, motivated like everybody does at the gym. All of a sudden, it would have been February. And you know what we would have been looking around? We would have said, oh, no, there's like 15 other podcasts on NFTs. We missed the mark too late, right? That, that literally, if I had to say like the script, that would have been the script. But instead, it was like, you know what? Like, if we're going to do this, let's do it. And I, I think a lot of what I can, you know, I can kind of lean into what Web3 is that we need more use cases. We need more example, you know, people that are willing to try things differently. We need people that are willing to, you know, explore a possibility, but from that unique perspective that you provide. And, I, and I, I really hope people can tap in that it is not about being the best or the expert or the know-it-all or the smartest person in the room. You already are coming to the table with something that no one else can provide, and that is your own individual unique perspective. And now the question is, are you willing to put your new, new, unique perspective to the test, try things, be willing to you know, not only fail, but be willing to fail and kind of lean back in, right? And I will say, like, that was, to me, was, like, even if the podcast didn't go off on an everyday basis, I knew that it was creating something. And I, I've, you know, one of the lessons that I can share just looking back at my, like, neurodiversity is, you know, a lot of people would tell me, Brian, you start a lot of things and you don't finish. Like, that's a problem on you. And I used to carry this guilt, this massive guilt when I would see, like, I probably have 150 Google Docs just in the last, like, two months that I've created, I've outlined, and literally I'm the only one that has seen it. And from the outside or for someone else, they would tell me, Brian, you're, you're, you're not productive enough, Brian, you're failing. But what I learned was that's how my brain operates, that all of those Google Docs, all of those things are making space for the way I operate. They're also things I'll tap back into. They're also things that are, are my way of learning. And so I, I will just say that, you know, the piece that I think is so important in this whole, you know, conversation, I think in from Web3 to high performance to self-awareness is just, you know, you have to really be willing to tap into your perspective and be willing to go for it. We wish you know, those limits. And if I can do, you know, knock on wood, 365 days, like, I mean, hey, we're 270 days. Like from here on, I'm just literally cruise control from this all in. But if I can do 41 after just believing that it wasn't possible this entire time, I really do think that anyone can kind of push themselves to, you know, try new things, open new doors and be willing to, you know, experiment. And the thing about it is because this Web3 blockchain is so unknown that if we're just copying what others are doing or waiting for other people to give us permission to get started, we will not innovate. We will do the same things we've done in the past, and we will not make this world a better place. And, and to me, that's where this all kind of comes together. So that's my take for, for this one. And, you know, I'm excited as we're on this journey to continue sharing and kind of growing. And, you know, I mean, the other coaches that are on here as well have inspired places where I can tap into as well. And so, you know, always be learning, uh, be willing to innovate, and, uh, of course, you know, press the damn button. It's so well said, Fanzo. That's a huge insight. And what I love about that insight is, you know, since working with you and working on the podcast, uh, we've done a ton of Twitter spaces, but we've also opened up a community. And the community, you know, it started off with just a, a small community, your own personal community. And then what ended up happening is we started getting all these projects and all these people that were part of different projects coming in and be like, you know what, this doesn't feel like an NFT. It doesn't feel like I'm being sold to. Um, this feels like a home. And one of the coolest things that's come from us hosting a community is people going out and, and you know, 
doing their own version of pressing the damn button or raising your damn hand, which is another one of your, uh, another one of your sayings. And, um, it's to me, it's one of the best feelings in the world when we go on a Twitter space and somebody who's never been on Twitter spaces before will pop up and be like, you know what, Fanzo, I'm just pressing the damn button. I'm coming up here. I want to share something with you. And, uh, you know, I'm feeling a little uncomfortable, but, uh, I'm inspired by you, you know, and, and your ability to, uh, to stay consistent. But also one of your superpowers is definitely amplifying others and making other people feel comfortable to push the damn button, which I think is, uh, is one of the main reasons why you'll be so successful in the community building space is, um, people want to explore that uncomfortability, you know, within your bounds or your community or, or your projects. And uh, that's definitely been one of the highlights of working with you is seeing these people kind of come out of their shells and, and, you know, with, they could be an artist, they could be a photographer, but people who were kind of just, you know, looking at the sidelines are, are definitely looking to come in and actually execute and take action. And that's because of the podcast and because of the community that we're building. So uh, big kudos to you. I'm really excited to have you on this podcast. And, uh, you know, it's not like we, we don't talk every single day anyway. So we might as well we might as well record some of these conversations and share it with the people. But, um, you know, I appreciate you. Definitely push the damn button. It's a huge insight. And uh, thank you for the, the history on the podcast. Uh, Carl, I want to I bring you into the conversation. And I, I want to make sure that um, – I want to make sure that we get your insights in. I think Fanzo has to leave us. Yeah, uh, he's uh, going to go was record fun to a hear little bit. Uh, what Brian was, was talking about. And, uh, uh, Carl, how's it going? Just just his whole history and, and his experience in, in starting and finishing things. And I was actually talking about this today with um, my, my mentorship group that I have about the importance of setting constraints that are meaningful to you. And it's uh, this notion that just because you're setting a date or a deadline doesn't mean that you're going to meet it unless there is a constraint or uh, an attached meaning to that date that is really important to you. So for example, for me, being accountable to others is really important. So having that constraint within my practices is really important uh, to be able to not only be able to start something, but also be able to finish something. So for example, us recording these sessions, knowing that we're gonna meet at 8 p.m. Eastern time every Monday, I, I know that I'm gonna show up no matter what because you're here. And that's just uh, how I operate. So having that is is something uh, powerful. And then, you know, this this notion of uh, divergent thinking, which is the, the creative thinking, being able to see all perspectives, I think is really needed at this time because we're we're breaking free from a way of doing things. It, it, we're seeing this in society in general, in culture, uh, in in the United States. We're seeing that uh, in Europe. I mean, we saw Brexit happen. Uh, and, and yes, this may, may sound political, but uh, a political change is also a societal change. And um, with technology, uh, we're also seeing how uh, it's it's influencing our thinking. So I, I just think that divergent thinking is is in, and uh, and it's something that is allowing for creativity. And we need that creativity right now more than ever to be able to test the new patterns that are going to give us the evidence as to what works and what doesn't work. And then being able to choose different paths uh, and, and that allowing people to evolve and, and, and win in life, which is what we're here to uh, support people. And, and, you know, I was asking myself this uh, the other day. I'm like, oh, who am I to tell you how to win in life? I mean, I'm still trying, right? <clears throat> so I think that that's, that's another thing that I think making very clear to our listeners right now and all the holders is that, uh, we're just people trying to figure it out as well, but we have chosen to do it in a certain way. 
And uh, one of the ways is, is being here and sharing uh, our experiences and sharing what has worked for us in a way that potentially uh, can work for you, the listener. And to me, that's exciting, and it, and it kind of uh, goes back to um, uh, Ramdas and his saying, which is, I work on myself as an offering to you. I work with you as a way of working on myself. Th- that's really what we're doing as, as coaches, as mentors, as uh, people who care about personal development with the intention of winning at life. And that's the first thing you have to really do is you have to define what does winning in life mean to you. And when you have that, now you have a destination. And that destination may be a dream. So if, if you have that destination as a dream, instead of just shooting for the dream, you can shoot for something that is a little bit closer. That could be a stretch goal. It's something that you know that is possible to achieve, but it's slightly out of reach. It's, it's going to take more time than you think. It's going to take a lot of effort. And moreover, you're going to have to become somebody that you are not today. And this is kind of like the, the Maya Angelou thing, which is uh, whatever you want, you need to be first. So if you, if you want a friend, be, be a friend. If, if, if Anything that you want, you need to become first. And the question is, how do you become this? And, and this is where now you get into the practices of, of self-development. And uh, you can root this in, in just regular performance training, which uh, many of us here have experience in uh, through sports. And uh, finding those principles and those values and translating those. Anyways, this is just my long roundabout way of saying, fans, it's awesome that you're doing what you're doing and how you're doing it. I, I respect it, and I think it's wonderful, and I'm so glad you're, you're able to share uh, openly and, and in a way that uh, continues to serve you and serve those who you're, you're talking to. And for my uh, kind of segment today, I was thinking about a couple of things that were significant to me in my progression as as a coach and one of those moments was realizing that no matter how many good results i produced there was never this sense of being satisfied i was always a little bit dissatisfied and i knew that that dissatisfaction was because i was curious i knew that there was more to do i knew that my potential was constantly uh, evolving and growing and the edges of my capacity were being pushed but times I found myself in a place where I was dissatisfied and disempowered. I felt like uh, it was not worth trying anymore. It wasn't worth uh, putting effort into anymore. And I realized that that was something that was setting me back. And I, and I wanted to continue to feel this dissatisfaction, which had been a great utility to me, but I wanted to feel empowered. And in order to do that, I had to develop a new degree of self-worth. And in, in doing this, I, I, I went to different coaches, life coaches, performance coaches. Uh, I went through therapy. Uh, I went through family therapy, couples therapy. Like, I, I did all the therapies, okay? I was therapizing all day. <laughs> and it was, it was wonderful. And there were a lot of great things that I got from therapy, but I, I needed my own thing. And it hit me one, one day. I was on, on a plane flying back from New York. And I live in San Francisco. I, I was flying back from New York. And I realized that I wasn't proud of who I was. And that was at the root of me feeling disempowered. And I thought to myself, okay, what, what would make me feel 
empowered? What would make me feel proud of myself? So I started making a list of all my personal traits, all my achievements, all my possessions, and all my relationships. And I mean everything. I started journaling about this on, on the plane. And I spent five, six hours. I think we had a headwind, so it was like a six-hour flight or whatever, <laughs> a six-plus-hour flight. I just remember the whole flight journaling about this. And when I had the list of all my personal traits, all my achievements, and I mean everything, including my actions and behaviors leading up to the achievements, or at least that which I could remember, and everything that I thought was in my possession or that I had ownership of, and then my relationships, I imagined myself putting all of that on display for the world to see. And I thought to myself, what would it look like if everybody could see everything that I am? And in that moment, I, I felt uh, shame and I felt uh, hesitant. And I thought, oh, wow, I think that's exactly the feeling that I get when I'm disempowered. I get this sense of um, being ashamed of showing who I truly am. And uh, when I landed in San Francisco, I realized, okay, I'm going to pick the first thing that is uh, making me feel a little bit insecure, and I'm going to start working on that one item. And I'm going to reframe it. I'm going to transform it. I'm going to make that liability an asset. And that's how I did it. I, I started really working through my personal traits, all the achievements, everything that I had done to get those, my, my, my possessions, the things that I w were in my ownership. Um, for a while, I thought that I had to have you know, uh, a nicer car, or I need to buy the house, or I needed to do the thing, or I needed to have X amount of money in the bank, or my net worth had to be whatever. And all of those stories that were uh, basically uh, planted in my head by by others, so I started to plant my my own orchard, and I planted my own seeds, and I did it through this this little exercise, and I and I called it back then the Be Proud Project, and it was just for me, but I ended up using it in my coaching business first in physical training and then uh, in lifestyle coaching. And it's been really successful. So anybody listening, I encourage you to just sit down uh, and, you know, one day just journal about your traits, next day about uh, your achievements, the next day about that which is in your possession or you think you own, <laughs> whether it's money or a home or uh, a car or a pen or a, a phone, and then uh, your relationships, all your relationships. And then imagine that to be put on display for the world to see, for everybody to see, and see what comes up for you. Just become aware of those feelings. And wherever you feel mm, a little off, that's exactly where you need to start your personal development. So, yeah, that's my, my piece for today and something that I, I think uh, could be an interesting exercise that you could do over the span of a week until uh, we're back uh, next time. Carl, that's awesome. Uh, there's so many good things that you shared, but um, the be proud definitely stands out to me. And uh, I just had a reflection. Actually, it was like two days ago. Um, somebody had asked me to write a bio. Uh, one of our team members, we're putting together, you know, just kind of a team bio for our website. And uh, I just pulled out this notebook and I was just like, I'm going to write down, you know, every single person I've worked with. I'm going to write down everything that I'm proud of. And then I'm going to figure out how I'm going to type up this bio. And I was like, it like took me back because I was just like, man, we've done some really like, you know, with with 
athletes, with speakers. Um, I've worked with some really incredible people and we did some really cool things. And uh, it was just a great moment for me to realize um, that, you know, there are a lot of things to be proud of. But there's also a lot of things I left off the notebook. And there's things that, you know, we spent a lot of time and effort on that uh, I wasn't proud of and I didn't want to showcase and I didn't want it to be attached to my brand. And so um, I think that's a great lesson in reflection, a great lesson into building up your 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 self-image. But also it's also a lesson in to create things that you're proud of. You know, like if you're going to do it, then, you know, make something that you're going to be proud of to show later or to, to make sure that when your name's attached to it that uh, you're okay with it. Uh, there's a, there's a handful of things that, you know, maybe we rushed through and, and maybe, uh, we didn't, we didn't spend as much time as we wanted to, and we weren't proud of it. So I love that share, Carl. That's, that's a huge one. I'm, I'm really happy to have you here on the, uh, on this podcast and with us building meta athletes, but, um, I want to shoot it over coach B you've been, you've been there patient waiting through, waiting through fans that waiting through Carl. And I'm excited to bring you to the show and, and have you share your insight for, uh, for this week. Yeah, I think there's, um, all the listeners are going to be able to realize it pretty quickly there's a lot more similarities to what everybody has to say but everything is going to get their own personal twist um based on their own perspectives right there's a lot of things that um carl and brian have already said that uh that i probably echo as well but um what i want to share today it's it's kind of like the conversation i have with every uh incoming athlete like um anybody who comes into my weight room quickly realizes the, um, they always ask about culture. Like, like, how do you build your culture? Like, how do you, how do you get people to do things that, you know, that they don't necessarily want to do? And that's what I teach my assistants and teach my interns all the time. And, and our job as a coach is to get other people to do things that, that they didn't think that they could do by themselves. And, um, so I share this with, with every single incoming kid. And I tell them, Hey, listen, I don't care how strong you are. I don't care how fast you are. I don't care how powerful you are. Like those things don't matter to me. Um, because there's a lot of today, like, for example, a kid, um, asked about like supplements. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, that doesn't matter. I'm like, that does not matter right now. I said, the things that matter the most are non-negotiables. And I said, these are the standards and expectations I'm going to hold you to each and every single day. I said, just understand that, that my job is to help you become the best version of yourself and to help you reach your goals athletically and personally. And, um, I've learned over and over again, that everything's back to these non-negotiables and for every person, they're going to be slightly different. Um, but for me, the things that I've found that resonate the most and that impact the most amount of people are number one, be accountable, like be responsible for your actions. It, it's, it's the first and foremost goal. Like when we talk about account- accountability, when, when we train, we're there to work, we're not there to socialize, but we're gonna have a good time. Like we'll laugh, we'll joke, like, uh, um, I'll chirp you, but like, it, and I expect you to chirp me back, but like, but we're, we're here to work and we're here to get better. Um, it, and along those lines about being accountable, like I, I work with teams. And so, uh, I, I tell them first and foremost, like you don't have to only be accountable for your own actions, but you have to be accountable for your teammates actions. And so we're on a team as well. And we're going to hold each other to the highest standard possible. We're going to hold each other accountable. If Drew, you say we're going to be here at eight, we're going to be here at eight. If we're going to be here at seven. We're going to be here at seven. Like that's the expectation of everybody. Obviously things come up and we'll work around those things, but accountability is the first and foremost thing. Second thing that we talk about as a non-negotiable is respect, respect the people around you, respect your coaches, respect the interns that are working with you, respect, respect yourself. Like I tell them flat out, you got one body, you're not going to get another one. So you got to understand how to respect it, respect the words that you choose to use and speak to yourself with. Um, and just respect everybody around you. Like when, if somebody has something to say, listen to them. 
And then when it's your turn to speak, people listen to you. So respect is a big thing. And then uh, the last thing is, is is work ethic. Like good things happen to people who work hard. So when we when we talk about working hard, like we don't make excuses, we don't complain, we own up to what we do, we own up to our efforts. Um, and I've realized that those are the big things that that manifest themselves in results. And so when we talk about results in, in my business, that's winning, that's changing bodies, that's um, improving your fitness, improving a certain quality that you may want to want to adapt. But um, it's so I think it's so easy to get lost in a lot of the fluff that gets thrown out uh, that are on social media and Instagram, like people talking about like these these methods that maybe make up a one percent difference within you. And and one the one percent matters. But if you if you can't take a take care of your accountability, respect, and your work ethic, the stuff that you decide to throw into your training program doesn't matter. Right. The, 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 sup, the fancy supplements that are getting thrown out there, like that stuff doesn't matter. Like if you can't eat like, um, you know, as minimally processed as possible, um, as many fruits and vegetables as you can, you don't drink enough water, the supplement ain't going to do anything. Right. That fancy training program that you see online isn't going to do anything. If you don't, if you don't train consistently, right. Where fans all talked about consistency before, like you could write the best program in the world or you could bet the best program in the world, but if you don't do it with any kind of consistent effort, it's not going to yield any kind of results. So I think that's, um, that's the insights I want to share today is, is, is think about your, what your non-negotiable, non-negotiables are. Like if you say you want to improve, like, uh, you want to gain five pounds of muscle. You want to lose five pounds of body fat. You want to, um, you know, improve your conditioning, whatever it may be. Um, talk about, think about your, what your non-negotiables are first and foremost, and why do you want to do it? All right. If you can't answer those questions, the program that I put together for you that, that anybody puts together for you is it's, it's not going to work. It's not going to work the best that it can be. So find out what your standards are and then be willing to hold yourself to that standard. Um, and if you have a tough time doing it, find a network and a community that people that will be able to help you hold you accountable. And that's what we have at Met Athletes. We're, we're a family, we're a community, and we're, we're, we're there to help everybody win. Absolutely. You actually just took the words right out of my mouth, uh, Coach B. I was going to talk about how we, we have this awesome community. We have channels dedicated for accountability as well as just to share wins. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, this this insight that you brought to us today, it actually ties really well into our, our roundtable discussion that we're about to kind of dive into. And, um, you know, when I think about a successful team, you, a lot of things that you just mentioned, you know, those are core components to it. And so, um I'd love to just jump right into it. And, and our question for today to kind of all the coaches is, you know, what are the factors that you deem most significant behind a successful team? And, um, you know, right off the bat, Coach B, what, there's two things that you said, work ethic and um, the team culture and team bond. I think those are two that stand out for me. And I think, um, you know, for, for team culture, that's kind of like the, for me, that's integrity of like when the coach isn't there, when things are getting tough, when the team's not winning, um, you're still kind of on the mission. You're still on the path. And, and uh, that team culture, team bond, it, it can be found in almost every single championship winning team. And it's usually built out of, you know, having a, a, a couple months where you're having a, a losing record. And uh, so if you do the research, I mean, we talked about the Washington Nationals. We, we talk about um, a lot of teams that, you know, St. Louis Blues you had a horrible record. And, uh, being on a mission together and coming together and having an impenetrable team bond ultimately led to success, you know, long-term. And so it is a really interesting concept. And then work ethic is, that's just something that you can control, right? That's something that's totally on you. And, um, 
you know, putting the best foot forward. And one of the things that stood out to me, we did a, a team kind of, I would call it like a questionnaire. And one of the things that upset most of my players when I was coaching last year were their teammates not working as hard as they were, which was kind of interesting to me because as a coach, you know, you don't really think that the players are too concerned about others, but um, that's one of their pet peeves. Well, I mean, I mean, I think a lot of what kind of teed up there, I think is spot on. I will say like, you know, the idea, and I think the, the problem with, or like kind of like building on what you just said about like, you know, wanting everybody else to put in the same amount of effort, right? It's about that like energy, right? Like you don't have to be as good as everyone else, right? You don't have to be on your A game as everyone else, but you have to be willing to put in the work, right? Like, and I think that willingness, like I like to say like the shared passion for the shared outcome, right? Like, are we all here to build, to become, you know, the best team that we can be? Or are some of us here just because, you know, we got nothing else better to do. Some of us are here because we want to be, you know, we want to improve our own skill. We could care less about what everyone else is doing. And I think that to me, when a team doesn't share that same vision for success and that same, same desire of like, what am I going to sacrifice? And I, if everyone else is willing to sacrifice what I'm willing to sacrifice on this, okay, game on. Well, let's do this. We can, we can move mountains. And so for me, like that team, that component, and I will say on top of that, though, like, and I, I laughed when you said your survey with the players being like, I want everyone else to work as hard as me, right? It's kind of like, I, I think that's also one of those things, like in reflection, we have to also ask ourselves, what am I doing to demonstrate what I'm being committed, right? Like I, I'm a big believer in, you know, our, not only taking the actions, but I'm also a big believer in, you know, kind of sharing openly the things that are going on. Cause a lot of times we don't realize that someone else is sacrificing equally or putting in just as much work. They're dealing with some bags maybe that we are not even aware of. Right. And so I think openly, like before we judge someone to say like, I wish my teammates were working as hard as I was. I think it's also important to say, how much do I know and how sure am I that I know what my team is going through and what they're putting in? And if I'm seeing that, what can I do a little bit more to lift them up? Because we all know how that works, right? Having that person on the team that is willing to set the bar, right? Being willing to celebrate the person. Like, you know, it's that, you know, like my daughters, uh, I give a shout out to, you know, middle school uh, girls cross country. And, you know, they, they, you know, where we live here, there's, you know, her team. And I tell you what, the, the, her entire team, but one person finished in like the top 50. And there was hundreds of people, right? And they had one person left. And I tell you what, I was watching the team dynamics. My daughter's a sixth grader. And there was one person on that team that kept saying, someone would walk away and they'd say, no, 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 such and such hasn't finished yet. No, don't you dare. And then someone else would pick on it. And then I watched her run down, start to walk down towards the end. And I was thinking to myself, there's no way that team walks to the end to cheer on that person for the last 400 yards if one person wasn't willing to kind of start that momentum, right? Start that, like, showing, like, hey, we're going to, I'm going to hold all of you accountable, but I'm also going to be the one that leads, that we're going to go a little bit further. And you, I mean, just watch the entire, I mean, I, I teared up because watching my sixth grader realize that, like, that kid is as much on your team and your success is as much dependent on that person coming in last as it is everyone else. And it was led because of one seventh grader that was willing to kind of put that energy and demonstrate their, that they're willing to even go. Yeah, that's massive. Actually, it reminds me me, this, this last weekend was uh, the CrossFit games in Madison and and, uh, they had this event where uh, they, they had to, at the end of the event, climb up this, these stairs up to the Capitol. 
Um, and uh, they had to carry this big like sandbag uh, weight that was just insane. Uh, <laughs> just you watch the event, you're like, whoa, <laughs> these people are, are really fit. Um, but the, the person that was coming in last, uh, that was the person who was a cheer the most. I mean, you just need to look up this video. Just go to the CrossFit Games Capital Workout. Uh, see, see, see the, the ending, uh, and see what the vibe was like. And I think that's exactly what you're alluding to is this like team spirit that even if there's just one person playing that you, you just have that insane support. It, it allows you to yeah literally move, uh, mountains. Uh, you, you, you can accomplish uh, a lot. And I think that team spirit, that culture is something that uh, needs to be nurtured. It needs to come from the leadership, but it also needs to come from the players. It needs to come from the athletes. And in order to do that, you need to create a space where where they can uh, bring that to the table. And, I mean, something simple like you did, uh, Drew, you, you just asked them, you know, what is it what is it that you need to to uh, see, become, be a part of uh, a winning team? And, and that, I think, is really powerful. And I think you, you Coach B, you were, you were talking about it in a way that uh, I, it really resonated with me, which is uh, there's a couple of things that are non-negotiable, non-negotiable. They're black and white. If you commit to these, you will be able to find the answers to, to your questions. And I think that's where you just need to come up with uh, what the common destination is. Is that winning the championship? Is that uh, what, what is that? And once you have that, using the culture as fuel to get there. And then I guess if if we had to point out a few things, I think um, becoming competent in whatever you're doing is key. I mean, <laughs> uh, talent is going to carry you for sure, but your ability to uh, deploy the talent on command and to do it day in and day out, no matter how you're feeling, that's a different type of skill set. And to do that without being a psychopath is is also challenging, right? It's like, you know, we see amazing uh, athletes who do incredible things, but then you're like, whoa, I don't know if I want to be around this person. I'm I'm kind of uncomfortable, or they, you know, they're they're very uh, one track minded, and that that can ruin uh, culture at times, and it can actually dampen the mood of a team. So it's developing competence, and I think a question. Uh, always works best when you're in in development is how can I become more competent in what I'm doing? So uh, that would be one is 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 just identify how to develop competence. Uh, the other one is uh, integrity, and integrity is being able to adhere to what you said you were going to do, to the rules of the game, the non-negotiables, the team values, whatever it may be. Integrity. Can you demonstrate? integrity. And I think when you can demonstrate integrity day in and day out um, on a team, uh, people start to trust you because they see a level of consistency. And that consistency is the showing up. It's just show up daily. And even if you have a bad day, because you have integrity and you've demonstrated that you care about developing competence, uh, now uh, we can exercise compassion towards you. We're, we're able to uh, forgive you and reconcile when uh, maybe you're not performing at your best. And this is where I think that team spirit uh, really develops and uh, you can develop just uh, winning teams. And I, I think that's something that we, we're trying to do here. We're trying to get to know each other. We're trying to learn what, what fires uh, each and one of us up and how we can align with that 
and and really find what our role is within the the team itself and and, and this group of people and it's exciting uh yeah so that's that's just kind of my my take on it and Anytime you want to uh, get things moving, if, if things feel stagnant, I think laughter is a great way to get there. Uh, cracking jokes, uh, doing silly things, playing games. I mean, I just did this with the, um, the, the, the Olympic hopefuls uh, who are uh, trying to make now the U.S. team for, for breakdancing, breaking, and uh, who are going on the path to uh, qualify to their first Olympics. We, we played a game with emojis, okay, and these are like tough uh, people and we just played a game with emoji. Everybody was cracking up, having a great time. And um, after the session, I got a ton of messages with people just saying, "Wow, thank you! Never seen that person in that light. They used to be competitors. Now I see that they could be uh, part of my uh, team, and I feel like we have things in common. I feel compelled to reach out to them. Uh, that's where uh, things become really special. So, yeah, uh, team meta athletes, let's let's do this." I love it. No, it is. It's it's very exciting, Carl. And um, I'm just grateful for everybody here. These uh, these insights and these these stories. Um, you know what you guys are bringing to the table. It's really exciting because I'm sitting here thinking. You know, I'm gonna have a field day clipping this up and, and getting some great content de- delivered because uh, there's so many good things that are being shared here. And uh, so I'm really excited. This was a great episode. Um, this was with Meta Athletes, the playbook with uh, Carl, Coach B, Fanzo, and uh, <laughs> if you guys are on the video, you guys will see that Fanzo's already on to uh, to his next speaking engagement. So uh, we'll we'll close up this episode. Hey team, Drew from Meta Athletes here. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing, leaving a review, and following us on social. We would also love to have you officially join the community at Meta Athletes by minting our NFT for 0.03 Ethereum. You can do so on our website www.metaathletesnft.com. If you run into any issues, feel free to reach out to us and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. We'll see you on the next podcast. Take care.